0: PR and uh, uh, marketing manager at Cycling South Africa, whole variety of topics to chat to her about in our regular cycling feature here on Sports Special, and it's ringing, she's going to say hello just any minute, there we go, she joins us on the line now, let's find out where in the world are you today, Mayleen?
1: <laughs> Hi there John, I'm still in Charlotte at the moment.
0: Oh, somebody's got a, uh, is it a holiday or are you working, can you, can you do both?
1: No, uh, I'm doing a bit of work, keeping an eye on work, uh, but it, it is uh, mostly a holiday, thanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, let's chat about all things cycling, a regular cycling feature here on Sports Special. It's podcast as well from Monday. How did the South Africans do at the Paralympics road cycling event?
1: Yeah, the the South Africans have done quite well. Um, and in fact, uh, the one standout performance is obviously from the Paralympic legend Ernst van Dijk who um, I believe is actually busy now. Is he currently racing the marathon now?
0: Just about to start, yeah.
1: Just about to start, yeah. So he did the cycling race this week, and uh, he claimed a gold medal, which is just uh, phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. And um, according to Ernst, he timed his attack to perfection, and uh, his strategy was perfectly executed in order to get that win. And Ernst said, uh, for many, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a medal. And it's only his second gold medal in over 24 years of competing. So for him, it ranks right up there with his first gold medal that he got in Beijing, which was eight years ago. And he said back then, he didn't have to deal with and anticipate the effect of, of Alessandro Zanardi, who's the Italian, his Italian nemesis, actually, in, in the racing ex-Formula One driver. And um, he just commented that Zanardi brings immense resources. You know, he's got no limit to his resources and to his abilities uh, in terms of equipment and and his performance, and that he is a phenomenal athlete and he he's so intense when he comes to racing. And he would have to say that this was his best moment in his, in his cycling career. But sadly for cycling fans, Ernst also stated that this was the conclusion of his cycling career, as he will now focus on marathons again for the next four to five years. So Ernst, uh, not, uh, letting up easily. He's still continuing. He's, he's getting on with age, but he's just absolutely carrying on at top level. So he really is a phenomenal athlete. And for our other cyclists, um, quite tricky because they group the classes as well. John, so class, uh, the class distinction is quite important when it comes to, to paracycling races. And to group her H1 to H4 class puts four different classes in the same bracket. Sure. So our double world champion, Justine Asher, who's an H2 cyclist, finished 12th overall, um, in her grouped H1 to H4 class. Uh, Craig Ridgard, who is races in the C2 class normally, he finished 28th and his classes were grouped 1 to 3. Goldie Fox finished ninth, which is a very good result for Goldie. He's uh, very, very young, and he's uh, shown immense talent in the World Cup uh, series. So um, he finished ninth in the T1 to T2 grouped classes, and Dane Wilson finished 21st in the C4 to C5 class races. So. Uh, not so bad showing, but obviously to take home the one medal, uh, a gold medal as well, is, mm. is just brilliant.
0: Steve Cummins winning for Team Dimension Data, the Tour of Britain. That was good news. It was kind of in the background behind the Volta.
1: Yes. yes, it was in the background, um, just a week-long week, week long tour, and uh, whereas the Volta was obviously the big one that, uh, you know, getting all the attention, but uh, it was uh, also a tight pull defence for Steve Cummins and, and the team, so Brilliant uh, that he successfully defended his title and uh, that he's bagged another victory for Team Dimension data for Quebec. And he said in his post-race interview that he felt a lot of pressure on him with the team having worked so hard for him during the course of the week and that the least he could do was actually get that victory. So, well done to Stephen.
0: I've got a note here. It says the 2016 UCI Road World Championship men's team triumph trial to include UCI World teams. You're going to have to explain what that means. (laughs)
1: Okay, so in the World Championships uh, races, uh, road races and individual time trials, it's uh, nations that compete. So the South African team will compete as, as a... A the nation, they won't okay. be competing in, in their trade teams. But uh, the UCI has issued a press release on Tuesday that stated they've agreed on a number of adjustments to the 2016 men's team time trial format, um, which is to ensure a maximum of UCR world teams that will take part in the event. So the team, the men's team time trial, participates as a, as trade teams and not national teams. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, they've opted for a non-compulsory format for UCR World Teams. And as a result, no UCR World Tour points will be awarded during the men's team time trial event, which keeps it in line with the rest of the road championship uh, races. So that's just uh, something new coming from the UCR table.
0: Okay, so there's not going to be a Team South Africa riding the men's team time trial, but there will be a Team Dimension Data, Team Sky, yeah. and, and all those other teams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: so so they have listed some of the teams, and uh, at when this press release was released on Tuesday, team dimension data was not in that list as yet, but we hope that by the time the event does come around that we might be seeing them uh, in the race.
0: Okay, on the track, what's happening? The Masters Track World Champs?
1: Yes, that's just around the corner, John. It takes place in Manchester from the 1st to the 8th of October. And this will be the last time for a while that the championships will be held at the Manchester Balladrome. Um, So after that, it moves to Los Angeles in the USA for 2017 and 2018. But for the last five years or so, it's been taking place at Manchester. So it's become a familiar uh, territory for our Masters. And what happens with Masters Racing, John, is that the Federation selects a team that meets the requirements, obviously, to compete at that level. But it's up to Masters to get themselves to those events. So uh, we don't fund them to get there like, as we do with our elite Not cyclists. Sure. That's where we focus on elite racing. Right. So while we've selected a good representation of riders from the ages of 35 years right up to 70-plus, Um, I don't unfortunately yet have the final listing of those who have actually said yes they're going to be participating But amongst those selected is cycling legend Willie Marks who's in the 70 to 74 year category So he's still going strong at at over 70 years of age As well as 61 year old Ilna Lemma, who won three medals at last year's event Which was one gold medal and uh, two bronze medals So we hope to see those riders in action this year
0: Okay that's yeah it, it's a little bit disappointing i guess but you when you've got limited funds is what you have to do right
1: mm. yeah and uh, the focus for the federation and most federations as well not just cycling is uh, is on the elite and growing the juniors as well so mm. that's pretty much where it goes once you get to masters it's uh, you know it's up to you to pursue and to try and raise that sort of money and get yourself overseas
0: okay BMXing happening at Gieber Gorge. we've been speaking about this for a little while When is where is that coming up yeah out?
1: That's uh, also first weekend of October, so it's the 1st and 2nd of October. Um, yeah, we'll be seeing South Africa and Africa's uh, stars in action because the Saturday we'll see the SA champs take place and Sunday is the African Continental champs and traditionally there's always been a fantastic rivalry between Zimbabwe and South Africa so that, uh, that will not disappoint uh, once again this year and remember that BMX Racing awards category prizes from as young as 5 years old <laughs> till over 50 so some really youngsters as helmets look way too big for their heads but they've got nerves of steel and they race around the track as well. So, it's if, it, if you're in, all in the area uh, around Keeper Gorge, come and enjoy the amenities that the, the facility has to offer and come and watch some thrilling BMX action.
0: Now, I right read about this. What is the UCI forbidden rule?
1: It's a rule that the UCI have uh, enforced. Uh, Recently, I think it was about a year or two ago, they reinforced this rule. And, uh, it's, it states that, uh, you cannot take part as a full, uh, as a holder of a full racing license. So if you're competing for points and national points, you want a national colors, all that type of thing. Yeah. So you're, in other words, a top end cyclist. Um, then you cannot take part in an event that's not sanctioned by the federation. Um, and because we're as a federation, are custodian of UCR rules, um, then we have to enforce those rules as well. So we UCR puts it out globally that this is the rule, this is what's going to happen. And we as a federation and all the federations around the world have to make sure that that rule is enforced in our country. So um, it particularly affects those cyclists, as I said, holding a full racing license. So it's not your weekend warrior Hold a basic membership cyclist. These are the guys going for the points and the and the colours. And uh, they're just these holders of this license need to be alert of this requirement, and they need to ensure that they're aware of the status of the event that they're participating in.
0: Okay, this is this okay. is a <laughs> uh, this is a big one. Um, how many yep. of these? How many races are they currently competing in? That I'm just thinking of the Cape Argus Big and Pace Cycle Tour. Uh, sorry, the Cape Town Cycle Tour. Is that one of yep. these races? This has been an ongoing story. This.
1: Yeah, this has been an ongoing story. It used to be, um, but they have agreed to um, be sanctioned, be a sanctioned okay. event. Okay. Yeah, okay. because so of the status so of the riders that compete in August. And uh, sorry, the Cape Town South.
0: So how many yeah. how many of these big races are there that aren't properly? or are they just the little baby ones, sort of like a, a training event almost?
1: There are some big ones, uh, bigger ones in, in various provinces that that are running without uh, sanctioning, and there are benefits of of. Uh, taking part in a sanctioned event as well because there's certain regulations that the race organiser needs to uphold in order to have a sanctioned event. And, of course, you've got commissaires and race officials. So cycling South Africa, you know, as part of a sanctioned event, has to supply those officials to be at those events. But they're not allowed to be officials um, and if they are acting as officials as an unsanctioned event, then that's not allowed. They're, they're not doing something that's right. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, it's a lot of policing and, and making sure that things are running smoothly and that riders are protected at the end of the day. If there's okay. any recourse, yeah. yeah.
0: I was going to say it's um, it's, a, it's a safety thing. You'll have proper marshals. You'll have proper regulations, yeah. rules, safety features, all those kind of things.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you know the the route is checked beforehand, and. If there's anything visibly dangerous that could affect a rider, you know, per- precautions must be put in place or maybe a little detour to the route or, mm. so it's really, it's a whole, a whole host of factors. And of course, Cycling South Africa as well have uh, offered, you know, like public liability insurance cover to those events, um, which is important as well. You know, landowners uh, look for those type of things when you're hosting an event on their property, particularly like mountain bike events um, that go through farms, you know, and anyone mm-hmm. has an accident, they're going to say, hey, um, it's that farm guy. I had a <laughs> donga there, and I didn't see it, you know. And the next thing, the poor farmer is uh, held liable. So it's just—it's a whole lot of uh, precautions. And I mean, if anybody wants to find out more, they must please uh, visit our website, but um, and also contact uh, one of one of Cycling South Africa's technical com- conveners, who would be more than happy to explain the the process.
0: Safety tip of the week, please, mainly. Um
1: This one, John, is. Uh, Pretty much uh, coming as a motorist is something that I thought of more than a cyclist, but I think it could affect cyclists as well. And often when we're close to home at the end of a long trip, we tend to let our guard down in the last few kilometers because we, we're we in familiar terrain um, and we, we feel relaxed, more relaxed, and our guard gets let down. And that's uh, largely a, a time where, where accidents do happen as close to home. So likewise, on a bicycle, stay alert, Know know the pets in your area. Be, you know, dogs that might come out of the garden and things like that. Just stay alert until your ride is over and don't let your guard down.
0: What was that all saying? Stay alert, stay alive. Maylene Pater, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, John. Cycling PR and Communications Officer Maylene Pater joining us every week as she does on a Sunday around about half past five. Uh, Find out more at www.cyclingsa.com and you can catch that as as a podcast on Monday.